Hey, everybody. Have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew, insert player name here, was going to do that? Alas, the sports gods have delivered us a solution. The Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event, meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, Each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan. And we have another fine episode for you. Episode 39, to be exact. How are you doing today, Nick? Oh, episode is so fine, they had to call it 39. <laughs> I'm good, man. Um, yeah, so we have a great show for you today. As as always, we're going to do the uh, our post, post-weekend uh, NFL review. We got some few, uh, a few news points to get to before that. Uh, I called time on, on the, uh, on the head to head challenge again because I, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for Jermaine to beat me another week. We had some trades in basketball. We had some moves in the uh, MLB, or a move in the MLB that was that's historical and, and pretty groundbreaking, uh, as well as a Masters move that was also as groundbreaking and as historical, maybe. And then yeah, the MLB, I mean, and then the M- and then the MLB Hall of Fame ballot, which which is which is one of the uh, which is one of the best, the, one of the best I've ever seen. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. All in the hall. All everyone, in the hall. Everyone's getting elected. That's right. That's the room three or three slogan for this ballot is, is everyone's going to get in the hall. And then we'll do everybody's famous, famous find them and cut them. But first, Jermaine, let's start with some trivia. What do you say? What do you say some trivia to start? As always, as customary. Yes, sir. As, as is tradition. All right. So we asked you. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into it when we, when we talk about our master's preview. But D- Justin Johnson just set the course record at Augusta. For seventy-two holes, he shot a uh, twenty under par at the uh, Masters. It's the twenty-two under par. No, no, you're right. Shoot? I'm just shaking my head because oh, it's outrageous. Oh. You were shaking your head without giving like any emotion. So I was like, "Oh, great!" Like I fucked that one up too. So he shot a uh, he shot a twenty under par. Uh, our trivia question, though, is whose Masters course record did Justin John did Dustin Johnson uh, break? Whose master's course record did he break? 
and I'll, I'll give you bonus points if you guys can give me the score that they had. Ooh, bonus points for absolutely nothing because these points don't actually mean anything. <laughs> the points are made up and none of it matters. Yeah, definitely. How many majors has Dustin Johnson won, by the way? That's a great question. He's still the world number one, I believe, if he's not the world number one after this. Yeah, I can tell you. I mean, I know the answer. I'm just trying to see if you know the answer. Oh, how many majors he's won? Yep. Five? Nope. Lower. Three. Three. Nope. Two? Two. The U.S. Open in this? Yeah, 2016 U.S. Open and the 2020 Masters. That's crazy. Doesn't Tiger have like 58? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's the exact number he has. No, Tiger, ti- Tiger has 2021? 20, no. That's, that's crazy. I, I don't think it's that high. I think he has 19. Jesus. I'm looking it up, though. 19. 15. 15. Oh, 19 Still. is what he needs to break the record. That's why I always keep that in mind. I just assume he's going to win it, but he's definitely not going to win it. He's not going to. I want, I want, I, we want him to win it. That's, that's what it is, is, is we want him to win. Yeah. I'm just going to tell everyone he won 19 and just let yeah, everyone just, tell I'm, me I'm wrong. I'm going to tell my kids he won 20. Oh, he <laughs> needs 19 to break the record, right? Yeah. So Jack Nicholas has 18. 19 breaks the record. Yeah. And I just assume that he has the record, but he does not. I'm going to tell my kids he won 58, just like I just said. Yeah. Well, your kids He's won this and four. So how many total t- tournaments, how many total tournaments non-major has Tiger won? Like a major and non-major combined. 82. <laughs> so I was, I, was, I, was, I was off in equal directions on, on my 58 number. Yeah. <laughs> 82 tournaments. Holy crap. He's tied and that's only tied for first all time. That's not even like clean cut first. So he has to win one more and then he and he takes that record. And then he takes that record. And he has 41 European Tour wins and that's third all time. Arnold Palmer's number 1 in majors? No, Jack Nicklaus is. I don't know actually. Let's see. I'll click on the hyperlink. That might be a, That might be a Trivia question. Oh no, it's it's uh wait, is it a trivia question? So Sam so Sam Sneed is oh, the is the it. leader in Sam Sam Sneed is the is the leader in overall wins. Right. That he's tied with. But I think Jack Nicholas leads in overall majors. Right. I just said that earlier. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He has, he has eight Jack Nichols Jack Nicholas has eighteen. Tiger Woods needs nineteen to pass him. How many Oscars just does Jack Nicholson have? Mm-hmm. I don't know three maybe. All right, this this I mean this personally is is my favorite segment. So Jermaine, talk to me, GM Jermaine. Welcome back to the program. Oh yeah, talk talk to me about the Green Bay Packers and their recent uh, GM move. Yeah, they spent some money. Four years, one hundred and five point five million dollars to be exact. Doll hairs. On one David Bakhtiari, left tackle for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, this man got absolutely paid. I believe he's in his 30s as well, which is kind of crazy. Let's see. He was born in 91. So, okay, he's 29. 29. What, what, what is the what, – what, what is the 
psychological delineation that I have between 29 and 30 in professional sports? I don't know. Do you have that too? Yeah, it's just – so it used to be – the pre, it, you know, before the major advancements in human performance and sports medicine and science as a whole, right? Rehab, surgeries, et cetera, et cetera. It used to be that 30 was this nuclear cliff, unless your name is Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore, you know what I mean? But now we're seeing more and more often that players playing past 30 have eight more great years. Uh, or actually, it's more like four great years, four good years. And, I mean, Tom Brady's breaking records. Ronaldo's breaking records. Drew Brees was breaking records. More on that later. Now he's just now he's just breaking ribs. Yeah, and like 30 is also imprinted in our brain because of the running back position. You know, yeah. running backs over 30. Just, That's probably what it is, yeah. So it's just kind of what we look at. Like 30 in, in major professional soccer used to be old. Right, yeah. that was when you kind of got booted from World Cup teams because you couldn't play at the at the top level. You wouldn't you weren't playing for the best club teams, but now you're seeing more and more players playing at 32 to 34. I mean, Zlatan is Zlatan's like 30, 96. Yeah, Zlatan's super old, and he's just been balling out. So that's kind of why we have that that precursor. It's it's gonna the more and more the as we progress in sports with medicine. And the medicine's getting implemented at a younger and younger age with with these athletes. We're going to see that that these players can play into some Herculean tasks. Like, what did I send you about Satchel Paige the other day when he pitched three scoreless innings at age fifty nine? Yeah, like that's going to (laughs) happen. That's going to happen. Your kid's going to play until he's fifty nine. But here's here's to hoping. Yeah, or like, maybe yeah. I don't know if I would ever want to play baseball until I was fifty nine. That's too boring of a game. Ah! <laughs> Got him. All right, all right. That's that's enough. No baseball slander. It's not even baseball season. It's always it's always baseball season, even when it's not. It's outrageous. You so don't you even guys... you don't even watch. You don't even watch the. You don't even watch the baseball. I do. I watch at very distinct periods of time. Bro, but they're it's like they're always playing. It's like 162 games and these players are still playing right now. Yeah, it's winter ball. <laughs> it's a thing, isn't it? Yeah. You go down to the Dominican and you play winter ball. Unreal. You see what I are mean? They're always me? playing. Let's get into this Masters recap. Okay. Yeah, so I made a little bit of money. Made about made about a little bit uh less than fifty dollars on the masters um i mean it was it, it was a historic performance by by dustin johnson uh like we already said nick uh, he was he was 20 under which is the best performance in masters history and he had a five stroke lead after round three the the thing that i kind of the that I kind of love and and hate about the Masters is that in the first two rounds, they have to pause play a lot or they have to pause play for the night, right? So when they have so many people in the field, they have to, they can't play a full round because people are still on the course when it gets dark. (laughs) Um, He was not the favorite. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau was the favorite. And I thought that the way Augusta plays and, and the way that, 
DeChambeau is able to drive, I think that, that that's why I bet him as the odds-on favorite to win. However, I also bet Cameron Smith. Um, and so that was very nice for, for Cameron Smith to come in second. Uh, I mean, an, an overall good Masters, no... Any time... Tiger really had himself in position in round three. Shot him out of the shot. Shot himself out of the lead with that uh, with the ten that he had um, in the second in, in the back nine of round three, uh, or I, it, it was the back nine of of the of the of Sunday round. Bubba Watson shot himself out of the lead. Um, it was good to see a lot of the younger guys, a lot of the guys that hadn't had a lot of Masters exposure, playing really well. Uh, on a course that you could get that that you could get a lot of that there were a lot of uh, birdies and and eagles and good shots to be found if 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 you went for them. So the, how, the Masters how did that is that guy Morikawa do, bro? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know if he made the cut. Oh, dang. see, let me let me see the Masters leaderboard. It was it was it was odd to see in um, tied for it was fourth. Plus two. Uh, well, there you go. You beat me to it. Um, it was odd to see the Masters in November, right? Because the Masters is such a, a defining event on the calendar. But I mean, it, it it went as it went as as well as it uh, as well as it could have gone. And Dustin Johnson now with uh, with his with his first uh, with his first green jacket. So congratulations to him. Yeah, two majors as we covered earlier in the show, which just sounds wrong. <laughs> It really does like that. I was very surprised that he's only won two majors. So, is that the final tournament of the year? No. So the so what what I didn't realize and what we haven't realized is that the 2021 PGA Tour is already underway. What? Yeah. The so the way Masters just happened, but 2021 PGA Tour started already. Because remember, they pushed the uh, they pushed the the masters from the 2019, 2020 schedule. Right. Unreal. So let's see, where am I looking here? Stats. Yeah. So they, so they push the, uh, they push the masters, uh, into the season, but we are currently underway. Let's wait for it to load in the, I guess they just call it the 2021 season. So the 2020 season ended with the the Tour Championship, right? Right. And the 2021 season started with the Safeway Open, which is kind of a little bit of a a, a departure, right? Because it normally starts at where, Jermaine? Oh, um, Waste Management Open. Mm-hmm. In where? Oh man, Scottsdale, Arizona. I thought it was Phoenix, but yeah. Oh, it might be Phoenix, but I, yeah, it might be Phoenix. Scottsdale is Phoenix, whatever, same thing. Yeah, yeah, same, same. So yeah, that's so. Yeah, that that's the last. uh, That's the I guess the first major of the 2021 tour. I guess you can say from from here on out. So. After here, kind of the stuff that that you're looking at, uh, big money challenges, um, the I guess the next big one, the Sony Open, is pretty big. 
the uh, Tournament of Champions out in Kapalua. It's pretty nice. It's out in Hawaii. Um, the Farmers Insurance Open, the Phoenix Open, the uh, Pebble Beach Pro Am. That's always a that's always a big one. That's coming up in uh, February of 2021. Um, the World Golf Classic or World Golf Championship in Mexico, the Arnold Palmer Invitational in March, the players a week later. Um, then the Masters again in April. So I the next I guess the next uh the next major we're gonna see is gonna be the Masters again. What? That's awesome. So that's, I guess that's a we, trivia question in its own right. We have we have back to back masters, so yeah that that looks like I mean just looking at it right now that that looks like the uh, that the golf schedule coming up. Do you think the masters gets pushed again? I don't think so. They're just gonna play it with no fans again. I think they're just if they're gonna play, they're gonna play it with no fans. I think yeah, everyone's. I think, I, so. I think everyone. I think everyone in all sports is looking for some sort of a return to normalcy, right? And I wanted to get your opinion on this because I just I just did this as a as a we have to make a five episode podcast for our class for the sports management class I'm in right now, sport media and communication. Do you think that the reason that people are so determined which with pushing forward with the NFL and with the NCAA games is because people want a return to normal in an abnormal environment? Yeah, always. Oh, right, so we so we already lost college basketball completely. No, we lost the no. I'm like last year, right? I'm talking about oh, last year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. College basketball is gone, was gone, right? Baseball started late. Football was, well, sorry, basketball and hockey canceled the last you know twenty something games of their schedule. So, do you think that 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 people were kind of people are kind of soldiering on with the NFL and the NCAA, even though they're kind of disregarding this COVID thing, sometimes blatantly hashtag Tennessee Titans, hashtag Notre Dame storming the field against Clemson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, People are, if not anything, they are um, creatures of comfort, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we pay for convenience so often. Uh, rather than be inconvenienced or uncomfortable, we'll pay for convenience. And that's exactly what's happening in this situation right now. We don't, it's like kind of taking a dog to a new environment. It's, you know, they're, they're going to be weird. They're going to be looking around. They're going to be sketched. They're going to be uncomfortable. They're going to be nervous. And that's kind of where we're at right now. They want, that's what people want. And, I, for one, don't really blame them because I don't really see – COVID's not going away. The flu hasn't gone away. You know, we haven't eradicated very many diseases. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, like, what's, what's, what's the flu's long name again? Influenza? Yeah, there we go. We just like to call it the flu to make it nice and campy, but we don't we – don't, we like to forget that it was like a major infection that we still haven't really eradicated. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's what I'm saying is like every year people get the flu vaccines and still get the flu. 
And then there's people who don't get the vaccines who get the flu and you just kind of live through it. And we kind of, we kind of went on our, we kind of went on our own merry way. We're just kind of like the flu is just a thing with life. So I don't understand why COVID became such a, I mean, I, I can see why it was, it was fear mongered. It was pushed and it, and it scared and they created a mass hysteria that scared everyone. So I can understand that. But I, what I'm, what I like to ask people is like, okay, if you believe in this vaccine, when you get vaccinated, why are you so concerned with other people not getting vaccinated? Is that because you don't actually think the vaccine works? Because if you have the vaccine, you should therefore not be able to get COVID-19. So if you have the vaccine, why are you so concerned with someone else not having it? Did I did I ever tell you that I think I might have the COVID vaccine? That I got administered the COVID vaccine? No. So we have to go get flu shots, right, for the United States Navy. Obviously, you remember this, right? Mm-hmm. They force you to go get flu shots, even when you're like, I have work to do. And they're like, go get your fucking flu shot. So we walk in. We do the whole flu shot procedure. Obviously, needle in the arm, no problem. However... Remember in times past, it was just one needle, one flu shot, boop, you're done, go. Mm -hmm. There were two shots this time. And after we got the shot, they made you go sit in a room for at least 10 minutes. And they were like, sit in this big open room, six feet apart from anyone. They're like, sit in this room for 10 minutes, and then you can leave. Whoa. So So like a good sailor and a good leader... I led my troops right out of there. <laughs> I was like, I ain't sitting in no room for 10 minutes. <laughs> Dog, they, that's so shady, dude. I mean, is it really surprising though? Yes. Yeah, shady, of course, but really like, is it that surprising to you? No, no, not for the United it. States government, let alone, if the it comes, if it comes out in 20 years that the first round of, of COVID vaccines were really administered to military personnel in 2020, right. We, I would be like, I got one of those and it was in part of my flu shot. So it's, it's not really that. That's why I'm not really, that's right. I've told that to some people outside the military and other people who have been in the military and have gotten out, and by and large, the people that have gotten out of the military, like, yeah, that sucks, but it's not really surprising. And the people that were never in the military were like, they can't do that. It's your personal rights. Well, no, they can because they kind of own you. Uh, are you are you kidding me? The United States government does not let you do anything that they. You can't even put a windmill on your property without the government coming after you. You got. It. You have to pay the government money to get a license to cut hair. <laughs> do, you, do you know this? That the uh, if you get a sunburn that's bad enough, you can actually be taken. Uh, you can be taken up by the military on the charge of destruction, destruction of government property. Oh, under the UCMJ. Yeah, dude. Oh, I did not sunburns, know that. Sun, sunburns, punishable by the UCMJ. That's classic classic military it's just great isn't it yeah oh man what a what a shit what a shit show so the ncaa came out with some news today yeah they uh speaking of canceled tourneys due to covid we got some huge ncaa tourney news one of my favorite sporting events ever probably behind world cup and the olympics i think those are my top three I'd probably say World Cup Olympics and then 
NCAA, and nobody cares. Anyways, carry on. NCAA decided that they're going to play from one location. First time ever that they're going to do a tournament from one location. So the entire tournament is looking to be hosted in Indianapolis. Where is that? What state is that in? Indiana. (laughs) Yeah, so that should be pretty interesting. Again, I don't think there will be any fans there. Uh, Despite everyone... um, Everyone, what they want, they're not gonna. It's probably not gonna happen. What That's was the uh, What was the NBA bubble? Eighteen. What do you mean eighteen? How many teams were invited? Eighteen, right? Ooh, yeah, I think that's right. Nine Western, seven. So oh, sixteen. No, 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 no. no. It's got be... nine and nine. No, it's got to be more. It actually, tw- it was 22. 24. 22. 22. 22. All right, so. So 22, 22 teams invited and and they didn't and they kind of had a little bit of hiccups I guess. It'll be incredibly interesting to see 64 teams in one city. What hiccups did the NBA have? I mean just getting started out like with procedures and stuff like that. I'm sure there were. You mean you mean uh Lemon Pepper Lou going to the strip club for some wings? Oh, oh Louie will. Well, Louis will going for it. God, I really can we go? Can we do a? Can we do a podcast from there? And we'll review the wings as we eat them and be like, God, these are. I would. I would break quarantine for these. Yeah, absolutely, we can. But you know, once quarantine's over, because we're back in it again. Lockdown part two. Lockdown. It, redo. It, it'll, it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, to see because I that I know of Indianapolis doesn't have a. A, a center dedicated directly to to uh, like a court with an attached hotel. You know what I mean? Well, I think they're banking on no fans being there. And Indian, Indian, Indiana is kind of a hoops mecca, right? Like it's, it's known for hoops, right? Obviously Hoosiers, yada, yada, yada. Bob Knight in Indiana. So they're going to be doing Indianapolis and it's outlying – like cities. So they'll probably be playing in high school gyms and colleges there, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's, see, what, that's, that's what it looks like. It's going to be, but see, that's what I'm saying, right? The bubble in the NBA was the bubble at the wild world of sports. There was like only a couple of courts they played on and they all put them in the same hotel. You yeah. But this, I mean? is, this, this is going to be easier. You don't, once a team loses, goodbye. You know what I mean? Like bye, Felicia. You don't get. You don't stay. I guess. Yeah. So, are they going to still play the NCAA season in in all their separate locations and and colleges yeah. and travel and everything? Yep. I that that represents a problem now because what if they get to the tournament and all of a sudden they bring their they bring the COVIDs with them? I'm pretty sure. Well, it's I'm pretty sure they're I mean, investing. Yeah. No, oh, well, it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting at, at the very least to see how it goes. I mean, college football keeps canceling games left and right, so I'm expecting the same thing to happen with college basketball. Not canceling, postponing, Jermaine. Postponing. We'll play Bro, them. They'll get played. The Pac-12 was canceled. The Pac-12 has played half a game, and they canceled pretty much every other one. They're going to get played, man. What are you doing, man? Why are you harsh and they're mellow? They're going to get played. <laughs> what are you doing? What, what are you, the game police? They're going to get played. Come on, man. They're not going to get played. I don't want to hear it. 
So I referenced at the beginning of the show, Jermaine, that we that there was pretty historic news in the uh, in the Major League Baseball realm, and that had to deal with the Marlins hiring Kim Ng to be their GM. If King, if Kim Ng is not a familiar name to you, you're wrong and sexist. Obviously, but no, it, it's actually it, it's pretty cool that they that the Marlins finally hired the right candidate to be their GM, right? Kim, Dr. Mrs. Ng, Kim, I'm going to call her Kim. She, I'm going to say she, right? She has uh, over 30 years of experience in baseball. She was the Yankees assistant GM from uh, 98 to 2001, won three World Series with them, and then was the Dodgers assistant GM uh, from uh, 2002 to 2011, or yeah, 2002 to 2011, right? It's a great it, it's a great choice, right? You can't say that it was a diversity hire by the Marlins. I think the Marlins just lucked out because she was she is has it kind of seems like has been waiting on the precipice for a while to be hired, and she's had the qualifications, and it's good to see the Marlins reach out and finally say yes, you can be our GM. Yeah, why is she? What's going on with the that big gap from eleven to now? She worked with the, uh, I believe she worked with the Indians. She's worked with the Indians in some capacity between now and then and now, two thousand eleven and just now. not just not an assistant GM. I think I think it was something in the baseball operations department higher up. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I thought that was a little odd. Just kind of yeah, just kind of drops off. Yeah, but. She first started with Chicago White Sox, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she was an assistant of director of baseball operations there. Uh, she graduated out of Chicago, born in Indiana. Yeah, dude, I think – I mean, obviously, i never really seen her run her own team, but, like, as far as having the credentials to run a team, I don't see many more people qualified. Yeah, and obviously, we're, we're, not, in the, we're not in the GM community, but – Anytime you can be the assistant GM from '98 to 2001 and win three World Series in that span, it's yeah. I heard those Yankees teams were pretty deep, pretty good, huh? Mm. Uh, who's to say? Yeah, jury's still out. And then in in other baseball news, to wrap up baseball, Jermaine, we as Jermaine alluded to, the best uh, Hall of Fame ballot that I've ever seen in my life has hit the streets. So I'm going to name, I'm going to name the, the holdovers from the 2020 ballot first, Jermaine. And then I'm going to tell you the new guys. All in the hall. So the holdovers, Bobby Abreu, Barry Bonds. Why is he not in the hall? Roger Clemens. Why is he not in the hall? Todd Helton. Why is he not in the hall? Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Sammy Sosa. Why is he not in the hall? Omar uh, Vizcal and uh, Billy Wagner. So this year, their first year on the ballot, we have Mark Burley, AJ Burnett, Michael Kadire, Dan Haran, uh, Latroy Hawkins, Tim Hudson, Tori Hunter, Aramis Ramirez. Shout out Nick Swisher, Nick Swisher, excuse me, Shane Victorino, and Barry Zito. I can honestly say I have no problem with this with this ballot. I have no problem at all with this ballot. And if every single one of these, this is kind of the first ballot, Jermaine, and, and you and I were talking about this offline. This is kind of the first ballot that was like, we grew up with 
these guys. These are the these are the baseballers that I grew up with. Yeah, why do I just every time I see I just don't think Nick Swisher is very good at baseball. Why do I think that? Because he has the Nick Markakis thing. I guarantee you Nick Markakis will be on this ballot because Nick Swisher stu- stuck around for a while. 249 batting average, 245 home runs, 803 runs batted in. Yep. How many years, though? September 3rd, 2004, Oakland A's, October 2nd, 2015, Atlanta exactly. Braves. He had a 13 year career. 04 to 15? 04 to 15? A 12 year yeah. career, then. Yeah, I was, I was like, what? It's not 13 years. I mean, a 12 year career is pretty good in baseball. I guess. That, that uh, was. I, 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 I would only if if you had to if you put a gun to my head and you said I had to eliminate some people on this ballot, Bobby Abreu's not getting in. I don't think AJ Burnett has the qualifications to get in. Michael Kadire, I love him. I don't think he can get in. Dan Harlan and Latroy Hawkins aren't getting in. Tim Hudson, I don't know if he can get in. I, I don't know what Aramis Ramirez really brings. And then Swisher and and Victorino, I don't I like so what you're this, saying is everyone you just named is getting in while Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens are all going to no, miss it. No, no, no. I'm saying if I had to eliminate people, you could you could make a case that I, I don't know if those – I mean, the problem is I love this ballot because it is the superstars from when I was growing up and when I fell in love with baseball. I don't think any of them is going to make – I don't think I, – I don't know who who's going to make the haul from this. Manny Ramirez will. Todd Helton, hopefully. Maybe maybe this would be the year for people to for people to give him votes. Why is Barry Bonds not in the hall? Can somebody tell me? Why is Gary Sheffield not in? Sammy Gary Sosa. Sheffield. Sammy Sosa. I mean Roger Clemens. Andy Pettit. Yeah, Andy God, Pettit took steroids. There's so many good players on this list, dude. Andy, Andy, Andy Pettit takes steroids, <laughs> right? So if Andy Pettit gets in, then that negates your steroid argument. Torrey Hunter. Torrey Hunter is getting in, though. That's not a question. Yeah, yeah. Mark Burley's getting in. I don't how know many, if he's how many, how many of these are guy. first ballot guys, though? I don't think any I of just, these first ballot guys are getting in. Yeah, no, probably not. They'll, they'll probably get in seven, eight years. Yeah, I out of the first ballot guys that I named, I mean the only one that I can the only two that I can say for that I would be a little bit upset if they didn't get in is Mark Barley and Tory Hunter. Yeah, Tory Hunter for sure. Yeah. Um this might be the year for Todd Helton to get in, bro. I don't think any of those first ballot guys are getting in. I I, I hope that Larry Walker kind of kind of kicked down the door, right? There is it also. By the way, let's not underestimate baseball writers. There is a chance that no one gets in the hall. They don't have to put somebody in the hall. Oh, that'd be awesome, right? <laughs> so they don't have to put they they if they don't meet the minimum criteria for votes. There's not like an automatic advancement thing. You have to be voted in. You have to get what seventy five percent of the votes to get in. I believe so. Yeah. It's a lot of votes. Yeah. Man, we could not see anyone get in. That'd be pretty bummy. I dude, that's when I got into baseball, those guys were all hitting yak bombs. I mean, if you're if you're gonna tell me no one gets in the hall, like 
Classic I don't old, know. I, old baseball rider heads, dude. Yeah, to be like, there's too much. This ballot is just filled with cheaters. Back in my day, you just cheated and you got away with it. But these guys, they actually cheated and didn't get away with it. So I'm angry. <laughs> but the only uh, reason I'm here, the only reason he, that I'm here talking about baseball is because people allowed, because these guys allowed baseball to recover from a labor strike. <laughs> but uh, uh, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. Nope, nope. Not the old baseball heads. Nah, they're too busy t- complaining about the unwritten rules. Shout out Adidas. Oh yeah. By the way, if you guys haven't seen it, go look up Adidas' new campaign with Fernando Tatis Jr. They have one of the greatest taglines that I think I've ever seen in advertising. Makes me want to buy and, whatever Adidas is selling, bro. And it's two old men, and they're sitting on a porch. And they're they're bitching about they're they're basically saying like the taglines of what everybody bitches about Fernando Tatis. I can't believe oh he's too he needs to he needs to comb his hair and 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 you know dye it a, keep it one color and and oh my god he swung on three zero and it pops up and there's a voiceover that says if the rules were so important maybe someone should have written them down. And I, I literally, I was like that that video where like people get blown back out of their chairs. I think my chair almost fell over, and I just unconsciously spent thousands of dollars on Adidas baseball gear. I don't even need it. <laughs> yeah, um, how do they get future footage of podcast room three zero three episode two thousand three hundred and four? I don't know. That's very interesting. It's very interesting. But we do it non-seriously, right? We do it because people, because people, old people are actually sitting on their porches, old baseball heads shout out and being like, well, I mean, or, or, back in my day, we back would in my day. 82 mile per hour fastballs. That's why we yeah. could beat the shift. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Shifts are so stupid. Yeah. Well, guess what's also stupid? Base hits when you're a pitcher. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Fair logic, fair logic. All right, let's push forward into the NBA news. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been huge sellers. They might as well be one of those mattress stores where they're going out of business with a sign that says, everything must go. This is Billy Donovan with the Oklahoma Thunder, and I got a deal for you. We are going out of business. Well, Billy Donovan got the shaft, too. He's gone. He's with the Bulls. Oh, shit. Well, this is, this is uh, what's their GM's name? Oh, it's Sam Presti. He's... Top three GMs in the league. Well, he's, So he has a plan here. Well, I mean, he's got 18 first-round picks. All he has to do is hit on five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the percentage is in his favor. All he has to do is hit on five because he can only start five at a time. Well, really, I mean, technically, he only really needs to hit on, like, two or three because you can just fill role players in. Yeah, plug and play, baby. Hey, you're going to stand here and not let this person shoot. <laughs> stand here to be a distraction as a professional athlete while while LeBron James Jr. drives to the hole. Oh, dang. Uh, you hear that? My phone's ringing. What's that, Sam? You need me to suit up? All right. I got you, bro. Give you 12 good A-plus minutes a game, dog. A-plus, that's right. <laughs> That's right. A plus Sammy, Sammy, Sammy P. I'm about to offer you A plus minutes. I can stand there and look good in the uniform with the rest of them. You want me to set a pick? I'll set a fucking pick. Trust me, my career 
on NBA 2K. I was always A plus every game. Steals for days. All right. Anyways, that's enough of that. So Oklahoma City has traded Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers for Danny Green and the number 28th overall pick. It doesn't stop there, ladies and gentlemen. They've also traded Chris Paul to the Suns for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck, and draft compensation, which we found out is a 2022 first-round pick from the Phoenix Suns. (laughs) So with that being said, oh, did I lose it? No. OKC's picks for the next – uh, six years through 2026, right? This year they have 25 and 28. Next year they have their first, Miami's first, and a pick swap with Houston. In 2022, they have their first, Clippers first, Phoenix first. 2023, they have their first, Miami first, picker, uh, Clippers pick swap. They have, in 2024, they have their first, Clippers first, Houston first. And in 2025, they have Houston's pick swap. And in 2026, they own their first Clippers first and Houston first. So they so they can either do one of two things, right? They well, actually, they can probably do both: draft in the next couple of years some amazing talent, and then dangle those first round picks in front of other teams to get even better talent. So he's doing exactly what Danny Ainge did with the Boston Celtics when Danny Ainge fleeced the Philadelphia 76ers, traded them, bum Markel Foles, can't shoot the ball to save his life, and still drafted Jason Tatum. And then they stacked a bunch of picks, and now they have – I think the Boston Celtics have four first-round picks this year, and their team is stacked with Kemba Walker, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, like Marcus Smart, the list goes on. To the point where Danny Ainge is like, yeah – Probably first four rookies this year isn't going to help this team get where it needs to be. So expect Boston to be huge sellers at the trade deadline. Not the trade deadline, but uh, on the day of the draft and free agency, which free agency is about to kick off at the end of this week on the 20th, actually. Yep. Friday. Yep. Friday, uh, the 20th at 6 p.m., free agency opens and signings will commence at 12.01 a.m., on November 22nd, which is Monday morning, right? 20th, 21, Anyways, um, and then it, some – go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I, I was going to say what you were about to say, which is how bad must the situation be in Houston for a man to turn down a $50 million extension and ask to be traded? Unreal. And then – yeah, I was trying to figure out but while we were potting from a uh, first inaugural guest, E, what cap and no cap means because it just sounds so dumb to me that I never bothered learning the slang. So cap means mm-hmm. uh, lying and mm-hmm. no cap means no lying. No lie, yes. Indeed. And James Harden had a bottle. And so this was what I thought. He took the cap off. Right and mm-hmm. set it down. So I thought that was cap, it was lying. And then E was like, "No, he took the cap off the bottle, so that's no cap." <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, so he's he's just posting cryptic messages, like he's like he's trying to send codes to the U.S. military or something." Interesting. We'll see what happens, but the rumor has him to the Nets or 76ers. There's obvious obvious um, connections there. Daryl Morey is with 76ers. Mike D'Antoni 
is with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kevin Durant plays for the Brooklyn Nets, and that's Harden's old running mate from um, man, OKC days. Speaking of man, OKC is just prevalent in this podcast. How crazy would that be if James Harden ditched Houston to get away from Russell Westbrook the same way that Durant ditched OKC to get get away from Russell Westbrook? What does that say about Russell Westbrook? Cancer. Man, poor guy. Poor guy. I say trade Russell Westbrook to the Magic. Yep. What if, Russell, what if Russell Westbrook ends up with the New York Knicks? Wouldn't that be this the most poetic way to flame Russell Westbrook out of the league? That would be so great. Because nobody, nobody survives the Knicks, not even Russell Westbrook, dog. That's right. Nobody survives him. Well, NBA draft will be this Wednesday, which is the only time of the year the Bulls are in the news. So this is pretty exciting for me. No, not true. Last Dance came out. That, oh, okay. Uh, this is the only time of the year the current squad Bulls <laughs> Thank are in you. the news. <laughs> so it's pretty exciting for me. We got the number four pick. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of rumors and conjecture and innuendo that the Bulls are going to be trading up or down or, or for another player. We'll see what happens. Um, all I know is that they fired Gar, Gar Packs, and I'm so happy about that that I don't really care. We can botch this number four pick, and I'd just be like, whatever, we don't have Gar Packs anymore. So that's that's the that's the uh, line, huh? You that's just, it. That's how low gonna... the bar is for a Bulls fan right now, dude. Now, hearing you talk for years now, I, I'm just, I automatically assume they're going to botch it. No. Well, see, it was a guarantee with Gar Packs. Like, I guaranteed it all the time. I was like, we're going we're gonna to fudge this up. We're, we're going to not tank well enough. We're going to get the number seven pick again. But this year, we got the number four pick. It's the first time in the last four years that we didn't get the number seven pick. Uh, we're on the precipice of getting, getting a real top-tier talent, right? Because there's four, like, players that are really slated for – the number one pick. I think actually it's more of a three-man race, but we're always just one shy of like the elite talent. Now the kid from Georgia is probably going to go number one, right? Man, I actually think the number one pick gets traded. Mm, interesting. I think, I for some reason, I think the number one, the number two, the number four, and the number six pick all get traded. I think Boston tries to move up. I think Golden State tries to add elite talent by moving Andrew Wiggins and getting and recouping a later draft pick. So we'll see what happens. I don't think the teams that are where they are in the top five are, or top six are going to be picking there. Interesting. So it's really hard to tell. I think LaMelo Ball is the best player in this draft, but does he play defense? Does his shot translate? Just like any other prospect, there's always questions. We'll see what yeah. happens. But he's he's got star power. And to be honest, these teams are so terrible. What you really want to do is draft someone who's going to generate buzz, who's going to ge- generate jersey sales, who's going to generate – well, you know, I was going to say attendance, but that's not really a thing. <laughs> so Virtual attendance. LaMelo Ball, dude um, – is probably gonna. I would say he goes number one. Oh, you hear? You heard it here first that he goes number one. All right, man. Let's switch to the. Uh, let's let's switch to NFL. 
Yeah, definitely. There's some big time uh, recapping to do on the NFL. Uh, first, let's touch on our our two favorite teams: Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Touchdowns. Teddy uh, Nick hates him for some reason, and Drew Brees uh, both may, suffered injuries this weekend. May I just say this? My hatred is a is embers at this point. <laughs> no longer boils deep. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not a. Listen, I've worked on myself a little bit, and I'm starting to understand that he's not Cam Newton, but it's very cool to see him uh, throw accurate passes. I'm starting <laughs> to realize that it's very cool to see a quarterback throw accurate passes like on the money and not throw 10 yards over a wide receiver's head and still be able to make throws deep down the field. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. At least his uh, knee injury it looks like it, it might not hold him out of this week, though. So that's good news for you. We'll see what happens there. Who's your backup there? Oh, PJ PJ Walker, dog. Bro. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Ooh, bet the Panthers. PJ Walker taking him to the ship, dog. PJ, PJ Walker is going to be like, finally, my time to shine. X, the only player in the XFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, Drew Brees looks like he's going to miss at minimum three weeks. Uh, they're saying best-case scenario is two to three weeks. I don't think it'll be best-case scenario. I don't think they place him on IR, but I think with multiple fractures on both sides of his ribcage and a collapsed lung, uh, this man is probably going to be out for four, maybe five weeks. I would expect Drew Brees to be back for the Kansas City Chiefs showdown, which is five days before Christmas. And that's what that's what I'm thinking. Drew Brees comes back. I'm thinking he comes back December 20th. Uh, that's what I'm earmarked. That's what I'm hoping for as a fan. Just because Drew Brees versus Patrick Mahomes is prime time, prime time football. That's what people want to see. And so on to Jameis, on to free free Jameis, or is it Taysom time? We'll find out. I really hope uh, they give Taysom the keys and just let him be the quarterback. Let's let's see what the Saints offense can do with a running quarterback because we haven't had that for the last 16 years of Drew Brees' greatness. But um, we'll see. Looks like Jameis Winston might be getting the, the load again, just like Teddy Two Gloves did last year. But, uh, you know. Questions, questions are questions are up. Uh, answers will be coming. So, do you think Taysom Hill stays after this year? Well, Even he's, he, he's signed for two years. Yeah, so he's well then, well, James. Well, Winston, then there you go. Jameis Winston is only signed for this year. Taysom Hill is signed for next year. So we'll see what happens. I I want to see what Taysom Hill can do as quarterback, but for some reason it's, it seems like Sean Payton wants to, but he prefers using him all over the field instead. I mean, he is dynamic on special teams. He's dynamic, uh, you know, as a gadget guy, he's dynamic at tight end to do blocks, to do lowers the shoulder. I mean, he's just fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And and hopefully, I mean they they at least had a had a game plan last year when when he went out. So hopefully that they can go back to that and defenses don't cue on Sean Payton's plan uh, after Drew Brees is out. Well, I'll tell you one thing: Jameis Winston will throw the ball downfield. <laughs> that is <laughs> there is. There's and now we get to see what an eagle-eyed Jameis Winston looks like. Yo, eye surgery complete. Here it is, a six billion, six million dollar man. I think that's actually what we paid him, six million dollars. So we'll see what happens. 
I think Jameis Winston gets the keys. I think he's going to have a short leash. Um, Alvin Kamara is going to have to carry the carry the team. The defense is going to have to do what the defense does, and special teams is going to have to be playing lights out for us to keep getting these wins. Good thing is, is the Saints' schedule is a little light on the back end. We face a lot of our tougher opponents. The only one with a winning record is the Kansas City Chiefs, as previously mentioned. That's not till December 20th. So it's a good thing that we play Atlanta twice. I think we played <laughs> Detroit. So it, we'll see what happens. I, I think we can still edge out these wins. It's going to be ugly. I mean, it's been ugly all season. Uh, yeah, should be a stressful Sunday for me. He says as they lead the uh, the the NFC South. Doug, we've come back from 10 points or more in the last six games. <laughs> we can't, came back and won. We were down 10 points or more in each of those games. Like, I don't know if you're watching the same Saints team. So speaking of speaking of offenses that are uh, maybe not, maybe uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, the Baltimore Ravens, are they the worst 6-3 and three team in the NFL? Yeah, they're, so, they're kind of like last year's Packers now. So yeah, that's that's a very great that that's a very good uh, comp. So Lamar Jackson apparently said that opposing defenses are calling the Ravens' offensive plays Luke Keighley style back to them at the line of scrimmage. That can never be comforting as a quarterback. No, that's that's can't be comforting as an offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh shit, they do know the play. Like, which is which is so funny that how how a man like. Greg Roman can go from one year being a play calling mastermind to the next year being someone that uh, can't can't call his way out of a wet paper bag. It's kind of funny to me. It's absolutely hysterical. I mean, they just lost to the New England Patriots, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Cam Newton had Cam Newton had yeah he had 139 total yards. Like. Yep. 139 total yards. The Patriots beat him. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. The longest, the longest, uh, oh, I was going to say the longest throw was Jacoby Myers, but it was actually Cam Newton to Jacoby Myers. That's funny. But it was only by two more yards than Jacoby Myers. Like, the 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 Baltimore Ravens got beat by the Patriots. I doubt, mind-blowing. I lost money on that game. I will tell you that. <laughs> All right, speaking of, let's talk about the other leg of that god-awful parlay we had. Eagles-Ravens parlay. What is going on in Philadelphia? I'm done defending that team. I mean, it's it's the, the I believe the broadcaster said during the during the the game, it's whoever wants to lose the NFC East at this point. Whoever loses less loses the least amount wins the AFC East. <laughs> the NFC East, yeah. Uh, it, it's bad, dude. Daniel Jones busting out of the hole for a thirty-something yard touchdown. What are you guys doing? What are you doing? Play contain. You lost to the Giants. We've been making fun really, of New York is, football teams all year, and you lost to the Giants. The Giants, man. The Giants. Who does anyone want to win this division? Because it certainly doesn't seem like it. No, I don't think they do, man. I don't think they do. So it, it is I had a I had a plus four hundred parlay 
that was ruined by the Eagles right off the bat. And then I proceeded to watch all all other th- the, the next three legs of my parlay win uh, in convincing fashion. So that was that was really something super this weekend. So thank you, Eagles. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of another another absolute dog shit of a game, Cleveland Browns eked out a victory over the Houston Texans. How many fantasy matchups do you think Nick Chubb cost this week? Uh, dude, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like Nick Nick Chubb pissed off fantasy owners. He pissed off uh, betters. The only person that he didn't p- piss off was Vegas. Do you see the swing? I did not know. He caused a mil- a multi million dollar swing in towards the uh, towards the books by stepping out of bounds. Wow, multi million! So we're talking multi- eight, eight figures. We're talking eight, well, like seven. So, like, I I don't know what the exact. It just said multi million dollar swing. <laughs> That's wild because people live bet the over in that game. This is what I'm but thinking. The over, the Browns uh, minus three. Oh, Browns minus four was one of the bets too. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. So, I mean, but let's, so let's think about this from a football play. Incredibly smart football play. The dude guaranteed the win. Three kneel down, no timeouts. It's, it's ball game. You don't have to worry about any shenanigans ensuing. I don't. What a great. I mean, what a great football play. Yeah, and if you lost in fantasy with Nick Chubb and and he gave you almost twenty points, like you deserve to lose that week. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. you, you didn't surround yourself with a with a better lineup. Um, talking about the Rams and the Seahawks game, I'm really upset at Russell Wilson's play. It he's has he played himself out of the MVP race, Jermaine? One thousand percent, he has. So disappointing. 1000%. The narrative was st- set, the stage was set. He came out with a like a man with his hair on fire. And he's cooled off and and one uh distinction I can I can take away from that is that Russell Wilson misses Chris Carson. Yeah. His play action running game is no longer as effective and he can't just dime out people with his beautiful deep ball anymore. Not to mention his defense is awful. It's like a big Jamal Adams refuses to tackle people. It's like a big 12 defense. Um, Yeah. So Russell Wilson has absolutely played himself out of it. It's pretty shocking to see how heavily he needed that run game and Chris Carson. And it kind of, it is, it kind of validates Pete Carroll's like constant insistence on, on being so run heavy. It almost seems like it, right? Yeah. I mean, he's lost to, to talented teams. Like, let's not get it twisted. He's lost to two playoff teams. For sure. But, but also but also, like so he doesn't he doesn't have the he doesn't have the play action game, and that just means defenses can come after Russ and then oh the O line has never been Seattle's strength. No, it never has. No, despite trading for, you know, uh, old Houston Texans tackle Dwayne Brown, the offensive line has never been good. They don't invest enough resources in it. I d- what I started to blow my mind is 
it, Seattle's so good at drafting in the later rounds. They always find these gems or whatever. But if you look at their first round picks, and I think we might have talked about this during our uh, draft coverage, but their first round picks just do not hit. They continue to bust and bust and bust on first round picks. I mean, Rashad Penny, like, has he played played for them? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he was he was the hotness coming out of uh, he was the hotness coming out. So. Wasn't he supposed to like take take uh, that dude's job, Chris Carson, for like yeah. a million years? Yeah, he was supposed to. Round one, pick twenty-seven. Did my man's has done nothing? No, is he even on the team anymore? He is, but you want to know his career statistics? Mm. Seven hundred eighty-nine rushing yards, five point three rushing average, though. Five rushing touchdowns, seventeen receptions, one hundred fifty-eight receiving yards, and one one receiving touchdown. So why is he not playing again? He's on the physically unable to perform list. Well, it's is is he on the physically unable to be played by Seattle list? I, he's on the physically physically unable to play list. Yeah, that's I, that's oh, all I got for you, dude. That's it. That's it. I, I think he's I, I think he's on he's on the. Uh, Seattle doesn't want to play him less. So, but, uh, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, what what else? What else do you have from the week? Just a terrible, just a just a quick, quick, uh, quick flyby. Le- the, quick flyby. Talk, talk about talk about the Tua thing you told me. What do you mean? The, the Tua doesn't think the NFL is that hard. When did I tell you that? Somebody told somebody sent me this article. Maybe it was maybe it was our executive producer Nevada Putnam. Yeah, so he, he sent me an article that said Tua says uh, said that the NFL he thought the NFL was going to be harder. What a baller ass sense, dude. He was like, I he's like, it's hard. Don't get me wrong, but I thought it was going to be harder. Dog Tua, you haven't thrown for over two hundred thirty five yards. <laughs> he's won one twice. Yeah, but still. You you are not the reason you're winning football games. Wait, is this his this is his second win or is this, is this his third win? Second I think this win. is his third win. Is it really? I think I think so. I mean, he has the Dolphins oh, six that's and three. Right. And really compete. That's right. He's beat the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Chargers, which is actually I don't think he's lost. That's actually pretty impressive. The Rams, Cardinals, and Chargers, Doc. Yeah, I mean the Rams. The Rams play to their competition. Cardinals, Cardinals, yeah, Cardinals. I'll be impressed by the Cardinals one. The Cardinals one impresses me. You got that, dog. Speaking of the Cardinals, can we just bury Bill O'Brien one last time before we like put his coffin in the gra- ground for for real? So one of the popular memes right now is the Thanos meme, right? The quote from the Avengers, right? Uh, you know, with with little Gamora and she's talking to Thanos and it says, you know, what did you did you get what you wanted? He says, yes, little one. And she says, what did it cost? And he says in the movie, everything. So the meme that was circulated after uh, DeAndre Hopkins made an incredible catch, which will become a Jordan ad soon because it had because as he caught it, the Jordan logo was nice and nice and proud on the ball there. It, the meme was, what did you get? It, was it worth it to get DeAndre Hopkins? And Thanos says, yes. It says, what did it cost? And it put a big old smiley face over Thanos, and they said, nothing. 
god, the police of the century, dog. He just he three dudes I mean, retired from Buffalo. Did you yeah. did you read that report? They retired. Yeah, straight up. They're not playing again in, in the NFL. At least not they the shouldn't game. be. Not, they not, shouldn't. not a real report, but they really shouldn't be. Like that's imba- how do you show up to practice? <laughs> like there was no, like I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't think you could. Yeah, not, not especially not with Stefan Diggs on the other side of the ball. Like he, he's gonna tell you about it. Bro, Stefan Diggs is having a field. He's eating those kids' lunch money now. Dude, dog. yeah. Yeah, he's just taking their lunch money. All right, let's re- let's re- recap. Bengals laid a stinker against the Steelers. I didn't think they would do that. I thought Joe Burrow would play him tough. He absolutely got exposed. The uh, Denver Broncos, Drew Locke, who also hurt his ribs during that game, uh, he ended up throwing four interceptions and almost cost me my fantasy get- matchup, but I still got that dub because the guy on the other side of the ball carried me like a knapsack to the finish line. Shout out Josh Jacobs for 100-plus uh, yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Jaguars played an incredibly tough game against the Green Bay Packers. I was rooting for them. If they had, if they had old mustache cowboy back there, they were getting that dub for sure. Um, Detroit Lions uh, rained on Alex Smith's comeback parade. Alex Smith ties the game at 27. All his defense needs to do is hold Detroit so that way they can go into overtime and give Alex Smith a chance to win the game. Instead, Matt Prater hits a 59-yard field goal. That man can't miss from that far. You know what's insane to me about that game? Alex Smith threw for 390 yards. No tutties. Still, 390 yards. I know what I'm saying is he threw for 390 and no tutties. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> he that's threw for incredible. Four football fields almost. Yeah, on a on a leg that just had 17 surgeries. That, that, does that indict Matt Patricia? Matt Patricia can't even defend one leg. Alex Smith, and he's. A I've already coach. you're you're the one that is. We are waiting to indict Matt Patricia. I've already indicted him. He's know. a defensive coach he who doesn't again. coach defense. He won again though, because he had because Matt Stafford balls outrageous. He won again. He's four and five. Gross. <laughs> uh, Colts absolutely mollywhopped the Titans. The Titans are who we thought they were. Uh, they are not contenders. It's pretty embarrassing. And the Buccaneers had a bounce back of the week. Hey, are the Colts? Are the Colts who we didn't think they were? No, the Colts are exactly who we think they are. The Colts are the Tennessee Titans. They're just slightly better than the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. Well, they it, it transfers each week, I would say. Yeah, it's really weird. The Colts have the Tennessee Titans at the number nine seed. The, if the playoffs started today, the Tennessee Titans at six and three are not in the playoffs. You know who's in the playoffs? The Dolphins. You know who's Brown. not in the playoffs as well? Cleveland Browns. The, the best record this – before the year was 2000 to start in the first nine games. Not in the playoffs. And they're not in the playoffs. God, it, it really t- is. It's it really is to tough Brown, to be a Brown man. fan. Yeah. It's tough, dude. It's so tough. But, I mean, that really recaps all those games. Uh, we'll end it with the Panthers-Bucks. Tom Brady came out and he played like a man possessed and – I mean, with the news that came out with Antonio Brown, he might not play the rest of the year because there was 
there's footage of him like breaking a surveillance camera and slamming like stuff on the ground in Miami before he gets reinstated with the with the NFL. So we'll see what happens. But if Antonio Brown keeps playing, Tom Brady keeps missing him on deep balls. Tom Brady ain't missing very much longer. I'll tell you that much. Why? Why do? These these reporters that seemingly know football and these broadcasters that seemingly know football, they don't acknowledge the fact that Carolina has had a terrible secondary since 2015 and that it's almost a haven for quarterbacks to come in and throw for over 350 yards against them. Who, the Panthers? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't ever get acknowledged. People aren't ever like, wow, what a trash secondary Carolina has. You guys were surprisingly decent this year, though. Yeah, but not our secondary. No, no, the secondary, yeah. No. Against wide receivers, you guys have been pretty good this year. No, you haven't watched the, you haven't watched the games then. Whatever the stats are telling you, they're lying. They're lying. <laughs> Let's see. What did, the Chief, what did Patrick Mahomes put up on him? 372 and four touchdowns? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that's Patrick Wells. Let's see what Matt Ryan put up against him. 281 and one interception. I mean, what did Drew Brees do against him? 287, two touchdowns? Yeah. What did uh, Big Dick Nick do against him? 198, 171 interception? The yeah. stats are lying to you, man. <laughs> I don't know. It looks pretty accurate to me right now. The stats are lying to you, dude. Tom Brady put up 217 and one Teddy and one interception on him the first. You know, Derek Carr put up 239 and it's I'm like what like what more do you want from them? I'm just telling you, dog. I, I'm telling you, my scout's eye. <laughs> my scout's eye, I'm looking at the secondary and it's hot garbage. They held Kyler Murray to 133. Okay, and three touchdowns. They're hot garbage. I mean, if the run game gets them to the touchdown, like all right. Whatever. You just continue to hate on your team. Teddy Two Gloves is going to outshine your hate. He's going to put his shine blockers on and carry you some more. Like, like a freaking knapsack. I'm predicting uh, a 6-10 and 10 year this year, but I th- I'm feeling very confident about the Carolina Panthers next year. But anyway, that's we're spending way too much time recapping a, a, a basically a, a fourth quarter beatdown. Yeah, you guys got Molly Wapped at the end. Let's move on to everyone's favorite, find him and cut him. We have two quick ones. Uh, we're just going to go right through it. England FA chairman Greg Clark resigns following racist phrase when asked why no openly gay player in England. I mean, I'm not repeating what he said. If you want to look it up, go ahead and look it up. ESPN has, has, a, has a comment on it. Um, yeah, I mean, to, come on, dude. It's 2020. What are you doing? Like, this ain't your dad's 1950s. You can't just be saying whatever you actually think. Um, what an idiot. And, and you want to know why there's no openly gay players in England? Because the Football Association chairman thinks like this. Yeah, that's why they haven't come out. Exactly. I guarantee there's gay people in England who play soccer, but they don't come out because they know their upper leadership would not respond very well to it. Yeah, it's called retaliation. Google it, folks. And then uh, to piggyback on last week's NCAA find him and cut him with the tennis team for UMass, uh, we're going to bury LSU even further. Uh, OBJ hands out money, nothing. Now LSU is buried uh, eight, nine, at least nine sexual assault allegations. Uh, 
against one of them being against a uh, known uh, find him and cut him recipient, Darius Geis, ex running back, as well as eight f- other former players. I mean, but Jermaine, I, I think you're, I think you're not seeing they were good at football. Unreal, dude. It doesn't make them humans pertaining to basic human rights. They're football players for a major university, which means they're above everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to talk about that anymore. That's just obnoxious. Good, uh, well, good for well, you. Good, good for you, us. You way to be up, way to be uh, upstanding role models for young men. Yeah. Now you want to preach about no racism, and then you, I hate that, dude. All these shady organizations doing all this shady stuff, trying to trying to sit on their pulpits and push moral upstandingness on people, and they don't even do it themselves. Kirk Cousins got his first Monday Night Football win today. Nick Foles got hurt on the final drive of the fourth quarter. Uh, he had to get carted off the field due to a big-time hit. I haven't seen the hit yet, but I just figured we'd update. Kirk Cousins got a Monday Night Football win. Wasn't having it. Wasn't having a great game anyway. Nick Foles wasn't, but they were still within striking distance. That if they scored, uh, it would have been a. It would have been probably a Bears win. Yeah, most likely. So uh, to finish off today's episode, we're going to cover the trivia question, which Nick so astutely asked: Whose master course record did Dustin Johnson break by shooting minus twenty at the twenty twenty Masters? And those answers are. Jordan Spieth in 2015 and Tiger Woods in 1997. God, remember a young Tiger? Young Tiger was outrageous, dog. Uh, Both those gentlemen actually um, shot a minus 18. So he beat it by a whole two strokes. I mean, Dustin Johnson was playing lights out that whole course, dude. Yeah, it was was over after the third round. Yo, did we... uh, yeah, after the third round, absolutely it was. He just kind of coasted the rest of the way. We have to we have to shout out our boy DeAndre Baker, who made find him and cut him a few episodes back, probably double digit episodes back, like twenty something. He actually uh, was acquitted today for the charges of you know felony burglary. I guess it is robbery. Robbery. There you go. Uh, lawyer. The lawyer who was char- trying to ex- trying to go after him with the victims is now facing extortion charges. Oh, good. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. That'll get you debarred. Yep. <laughs> he's uh, he's the next uh, Better Call Saul. That's right. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know. Thanks for listening. As always, follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room three zero three. Got anything for him, Nick? No, we appreciate all the support. As always, we'll start. Uh, we need to start uh, posting these. Posting these uh, our gambling picks. We're going to get back to that, and uh, I, I promise that we you will get a you will get a head to head challenge this week. So, just a recap: Nick's still getting smoked. He can't. He can't dodge the L's. I was actually good this week in gambling, but that's 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 notwithstanding. I didn't bet the board this week. I was salty because mm. we didn't do another head-to-head. Mm. Uh, energetic presenter out. Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? 
They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify.